Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Just kidding. Welcome back to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Please don't go ahead and find us. <laughs> I don't think Movie Phone exists anymore. <laughs> They're going to come out of their grave, though. <laughs> I think if they're going to sue anybody, they would have sued uh, Seinfeld for mm-hmm. when Kramer pretended to be movie phone. But <laughs> either way, this week we took a look at 2023's A Snow Globe Christmas. Before we get into that, what have you been doing this week? This week, I've been getting ready for my kid to go ahead and fly out. So that's been fun. And then we set up some Christmas lights. We've been watching other awful Christmas movies. <laughs> Last night we watched Somewhere Through Time, the 1980s uh, romance. I, I don't know how else to put it, man. It is, it, it's something. It's interesting. I didn't hate it, but it was slow and the kid was dying because it was movie night last, family night last night. Right. So we made him watch an 80s romance and he's just like, is this movie going to take any longer? <laughs> yeah, I remember as when I was younger my parents would put on like classic movies they were like oh my god this one was like we loved it so much when we were a kid and I'm like this three hour fucking epic is what you watched as a kid did you guys not have toys and then like when I got a little bit older I actually thought that my parents only toy was one of those like hoop stick things that you see little kids play with them like the... I was like oh that's probably what they played with that's why they like when they watched a movie they loved it because otherwise just go play with the hoop and the stick they didn't have Ninja Turtles they, they I mean, went outside I'm technically not wrong they didn't have ninja turtles but mm-hmm. they, they went outside and just played with rocks yeah dude what if we stacked five rocks and made a building <laughs> my That's how old i assume my parents are they're <laughs> pre-architecture <laughs> pre-construction <laughs> so my mom likes to tell me about when she was a kid and she used to live up in new york and they had a, an apple orchard that they lived on and they would go ahead and get like the like most rotten apples and they would launch them at each other mm-hmm. and my aunt mara the youngest one didn't understand the rules so when someone said duck she poked her head out and up and said where and took it took an apple to the face like i i get it <laughs> like my mom goes i have never heard a wetter slap in my whole entire life followed by the <laughs> most blood curdling scream followed by <laughs> my mother my grand my grandma her mother going what are you doing <laughs> not ducking apparently <laughs> got a Duck, dip, dive, dodge, <laughs> duck. Five I, D's of duck ball. I, the next time I see my Aunt Marika, Aunt Mara, I'm just going to scream duck and see if she learned her lesson. Dude, watch her fucking have crazy reflexes now and just deck you. Like, <laughs> hey, Ringo, how'd you get a... that black eyed? We don't talk about. <laughs> she's going to have like an apple ready to go. You yell duck, she's just going to whip around and like pokeball you like right in the fucking face. <laughs> oh, man. I hope I'm there for that. <laughs> Pow! And I'd be like, "Damn, you caught him inside the apple." <laughs> and then I would like, I'd, I'd come to your kid, "Hey, eat this apple." <laughs> oh, what well, the pokeball is broken. If one is actually like broken, like somebody takes one and smashes it with a hammer, does the Pokemon escape? I don't know. 
I'm sure that's not covered in the anime because who would do that? But I, I assume that it wouldn't be so grotesque as like you're just killing them. So I, I don't know, man. Have you ever like looked into the lore of Pokemon? Some of that lore is fucked up. Yeah, some of it, but I don't think any of it is like, yeah, and then when the Pokeballs get smashed, we murder the Pokemon. I don't think that's there. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, hey, look, if it breaks. The Pokemon inside apparently ejects and can't be recalled. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I figured. You're basically, like, breaking its shackles. It won't Mm -hmm. come back. I'm fine with that. Shouldn't be having... We should be having franchises about child dogfighting anyway. Yeah, good point. But when the next one comes out, I'm probably going to play it. So <laughs> I'm not a child. I know about dogfighting, okay? Adult dogfighting is fine. Child dogfighting is where the, the issue is. And by Greg's standards, he just makes me go ahead and fight Tux, and I always lose because Tux is insane. <laughs> no, I make you fight your own dogs. Remy, get him! Yeah, Remy just looks Remy at you close. like, what? Yeah, yeah, that dog does not. Fuck. <laughs> I'll be like, Remy, that guy's covered in steak. He's like, yeah, but he's far. <laughs> I'll just stay here. Eventually somebody will drop some. <laughs> Biswick will go get it, and then I'll get whatever's left. Yeah, or I'll fight Biswick for it. What about you, man? What have you been up to this week? Oh, man, this week's been all editing. We were in the middle of our 12 days of Christmas, so I've been editing Christmas episodes. Yeah. Uh, and then... Going back and watching TV detective shows and getting frustrated with them for just the dumbest decision. <laughs> like, it's fine to turn your brain off, but I think that at a certain point, even people who want to turn their brain off, you're going to look at some of these shows and be like, so to recap what happened here in the last scene, the civilian contractor for the FBI knows a person who's being held hostage. And so they're going to send the civilian contractor into the hostage negotiation, unarmed, not wearing a helmet, to talk down the hostage taker. That doesn't seem like how that would go. I'm pretty sure that's what would get a bunch of people fired from the FBI for sending in, like, a untrained civilian to be, like, in hostage movies all the time, or movies where there's hostages, that, that the parents or the loved ones or whatever are always like, that's so-and-so in there, let me in there, right? And they're always like, no, you can't go in there. But in this case, they're like, well, because you're our computer tech, yeah, go on, go ahead and go in there, that's fine. You, you're FBI adjacent, right? It'd be like if you were, if there was, like, a medical emergency, right? And somebody was like, I'm a Boy Scout, right? And the firefighter's like, oh, well, you'll do, get in there. That's not how that's gonna work. That, that <laughs> happened to you, didn't it? No, thank God no. <laughs> I'm relatively confident in my abilities, but I if there was like a catastrophe, I'd do what I could to help, but I'd be praying for those ambulances to show up ASAP. I'm not trying to, you know, st- sit there and be like, okay, it looks like we're going to have to do a field amputation. I don't know how to do that. Also, well, for the record, I don't think they train Boy Scouts how to do that, and if they do not let them do that, that's bad. You should not be teaching Boy Scouts. Well, one day you might have to 127 hours yourself out of a cave. This is the proper way to sever a limb. Don't listen to James Franco. <laughs> in that sort of situation, the best I could do is probably tourniquet a bunch of people because that's what I remember from my from the medical training I got from the military. That's about it. Yeah. If there's like a bunch of adrenaline needles, I could stab people in the heart, but that's probably not the right treatment for a lot of those <laughs> wounds. So I might actually cause more harm than good. Uh, the TLDR is I never went to med school and I shouldn't. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be a bad doctor. I'd be a Doug from Scrubs just down in the morgue. Well, I know how that guy died because I did that. <laughs> yeah, snow globe yeah. time. So, like I said, we're taking on 2013's Snow Globe Christmas, a TV movie 
that was asked. It is on Prime. This movie is rated B for Barf, starring Alicia Witt as Meg, Donald Faison as Ted, Christina Milian as Sal, Trevor Donovan as Eric, and Art Lafleur as Mr. Barnes. A hard-working Christmas movie producer who doesn't believe in Christmas gets sent to a magic town inside a snow globe by a magic being. There, she meets her old college boyfriend, Ted, and starts down a road to redemption in a twist on It's a Wonderful Life. In the end, the magic being is the ghost of Ted's mother who just wants to make sure that Ted and Meg ended up together and blah, 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 blah. There are no critic reviews for this movie because who would possibly waste their time reviewing this crap? Right here, two of us. But on Letterboxd, user Jack Rowland gave it 1.5 stars, saying, Christina Milian returns to the Globeverse as a veteran Globetrotter to convince a professional filmmaker-slash-capitalist pig to drop everything and marry some guy from college and remind the audience, that's the thing about a snow globe. The snow doesn't just fall, it also swirls. Meanwhile, on IMDb, user Hypercut gives the movie two stars, commenting, the first half of this movie was almost unwatchable. That's right. Thank you, Jack Rowland and Hypercunt. <laughs> to be fair, they replaced the E with the Z, so it's like Hypercunt, but mm-hmm. we all know what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suppose it's a C, not a K, so or it's a K, not a C, so it could be Kunt, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think we need to beat around the bush. <laughs> Much like I believe in Santa Claus, we get it. Yeah. So what did you think of this movie? So yeah, as I, as I was trying to say before I realized that I, I had been disconnected, yeah, so I asked my wife why she suggested that we watch th- this movie, and she said that she liked this movie because it's the quintessential stupid Christmas movie. I like how the love interest and... I love the, the love interest and how she gets to the love interest. I like how she has a terrible boyfriend in the beginning and just a complete douche... He's, he's a complete douchebag only to fall for the nice guy. The main thing is the love interest, and we discussed a little bit further down, further into this, and she was surprised that Turk was able to get her, my wife, to love him. And that was something that she's not used to seeing in these sorts of movies. Usually the, the love interest is just two-dimensional, and she's like, okay, cool, they're there, whatever. But she said that Turk was able to go ahead and get her to fall in love with him. She said that she doesn't typically have any interest in the love interest other than they're just there for spice. But after watching it I can't say that I hated the movie it was fine for what it was for what it was trying to do and for 2013 it was probably about as what you could probably what you could expect from the movies in 2013 that were aimed to be Christmas knockoff Hallmark movies it did make me want to vomit a little bit due to some of the contrived issues and some of the line delivery like in a snow globe you never know where the snow is going to land as if a snow globe isn't a contained aspect that ends up having the snow land on the base sooner or later. It doesn't matter what, unless, mm-hmm. of course, you somehow, like, keep it upside down forever. I, I don't know. But I don't know. They're, like I had the issues with, like, a lot of the contrived, contrived issues that they brought up. Like, some of these issues just felt like they were forced. And Megan was weird through the whole entire movie. The way that she talked, it looked like she was trying to talk to, like, a baby. Or like as if she had something in her mouth she was trying to talk around. I don't know. It, something that I noticed and yeah, I don't know. It just That's how I felt about the movie. And then listening to my wife talk about it, it was... Yeah, it, she did seem like she was talking to people. Almost like she was either shouting at people or talking to people who weren't there. Mm-hmm. It, it made me wonder for a minute if 
she had somehow filmed her scenes separate from everybody else. And that, so they were like, yeah, act like he's right there. And that was the best she could do. But there's too many shots of both of them in shot that I was just like, so that's not what happened. This is just a performance choice. And I don't understand. I don't think I'd call this a knockoff Hallmark movie because I think this is actually just a Hallmark movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is straight up crap. And this is exactly (laughs) what you would expect. If somebody said, like, oh, it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, this is precisely the type of bullshit you would expect. With one twist, at least there's one black character in it. Because normally these movies are wider than the day is long. But Donald Faison, clearly not a white guy. So good on you, Hallmark, for once you used a black character. (laughs) But yeah, otherwise every plot beat in this feels both boring and unoriginal at the same time. Like they cribbed from other movies, but they couldn't actually make it their own. So they just blanded it up so nobody could accuse them of copyright. Oh, random town thing that actually could benefit from big city ladies one talent is going to happen but she's too capitalist and makes a mess of it oh, no. oh this guy literally says to her face uh if i if the woods are ever sold then it's because i'm dead and then at the end he sells the woods because he wants to die or whatever because she stole the christmas spirit from the snow globe town the only thing that was fun for maybe a minute or two was that everybody kept going along with the idea that she had amnesia and she would remember who she was and her trying to blend into it was pretty fun. I I guess that was nice, like, in the beginning. But they pretty much dropped that through line five minutes after it happened. It's like everybody in the town was like, oh, heard you fell and hit your head like an idiot. And then she's like, wow, they tell everybody this in the town. When she talks about doctor-patient confidentiality, I was like, except he did it in public, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if I pull down my pants and shit on the street corner... And then people are like, hey, I heard you shit on the street corner. I can't be like, oh, Dr. Patient confidentiality. <laughs> <laughs> I did it out in public. People fell and hit their hit, hit. She fell. She hit her noggin. And people saw. And so, of course, in a town like this, they talk. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it was. it's a pretty boring paint-by-numbers movie. There's nothing particularly exciting or creative about it. And it's definitely a movie that underused Donald Faison. I don't know if he's an amazing actor, but I think he's better than this. And it's a movie that really... There's no better way to put it than it's just filler. This is less a Christmas classic in my mind and more a movie you put on when you have guests over and you want to make sure a Christmas movie is on. Like this is yeah, fair. if you were to if you were to put this in a, a loop with a bunch of other Christmas movies, then it, it'd be perfect background music because there's nobody who wants to pay attention to this. Like there can't be. There can't be somebody who's like, Yes! Snow Globe Christmas! Everybody shut the fuck up! I need to watch. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. Like I said, I didn't hate this one. I'm not going to say that I liked it. I'm not going to say that I enjoyed it. I just didn't hate it. Um, it well, so hating it would be irresponsible because that's giving this movie <laughs> too much credit. I, I nothinged this movie straight from start to finish. It. I found myself looking at, I think I was having like a Cadbury like caramel bar when I was eating this. And I was like listening to the movie and reading the fucking rapper. Because I was like, well, what does Cadbury say about their chocolate? It's got to be something. Right? Like, maybe I can bring this up. It's like, well, much like the hydrogenated soybean oil, this movie. But I, I got nothing. Like, I didn't even put that kind of effort into it. This is a, a snoozer from start to finish. It's complete just garbage. Now, I will say, you and I have joked for a little while about making Hall Dark, like cinematic trailers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This movie has a lot of good material in it. This would be a perfectly recut movie for a horror film. When he's... 
There's a scene in this movie where Ted and Meg are in the forest randomly, and he just happens to have an axe with him. And he says something like, I know what you want. And I was like, what is this? What's happening here? Right. So like, imagine the trailer cuts in where she's like, huh. And like this, like we cut to Christina Milian scaring her and she bonks her head or whatever. And then she wakes up and he's like, don't you remember where you are? And she's like, who are you? And, and it's like, one woman finds herself trapped in a town. And like, we put like a siren in the background. <laughs> and then he's like, don't you remember your kids? And she's like, kids, what kids? And then out in the woods, I know exactly what you want. <laughs> Just like, it, it sets itself up really perfectly for that. If this had been like some sort of Christmas, like comedy slash horror, maybe that could have been a thing. Mm. But as it stands right now, this movie was kakafuya. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I couldn't find a reason to keep liking this movie. Apparently, this was a sort of sequel to a movie called Snow Globe that came out in 2007. I never saw that. I don't know if anybody's surprised by the fact that I never saw that. But, yeah, certified holiday hater here. So, the other thing I'll say about this is I say in California Christmas, and I think I'm going to bring it up again in uh, another review, but I often go into these movies asking the question, do they need to be set at Christmas? This is one of the few movies that does. It doesn't make sense to set this at any other time. There's not snow globes for, like, Easter, and there's not really a i don't think there's a large market for just general snow globes they almost always have a christmas connotation with them so add that in with like the christmas magic thing and this movie kind of has to happen at christmas so at least kudos for that they're not they didn't start with a weak rom-com and then decide oh let's just make a christmas movie to add a little to add extra emotion to it instead it feels like this was supposed to be a christmas movie from the get-go and it just ended up being a boring movie and that's gonna happen sometimes Sometimes you think you're baking something great, and then you taste it, and you're like, yeah, I just made a regular-ass brownies. Got it. <laughs> something else I want to point out, and I'm looking at my notes, and Sam was a, a big old wuss about everything. He gets snubbed for the Santa Claus part and then sells the forest. Then he says during the town meeting, these are mean and advertageous times. I believe that's the word he used. I'm not exactly 100% sure because I didn't really catch what he said. And he starts like not crying but it looks like he's on the verge of tears and I'm like my guy if you go ahead and get snubbed for a part and your first response is to just basically sell off half the town and Mm -hmm. (laughs) kick people out of their houses you're a piece of shit yeah well also like I didn't catch if he had any kids but still like what happens when you die Hoss (laughs) like you're older than everybody else in this town by a stretch so Mm -hmm. you're gonna die and then the woods are gonna default to the city and then evil Eric's gonna build condos anyway and so, yeah, it's just ridiculous. The, and, of course, we get the whole thing about, well, what if we developed everything here? What if we turned this? We could really make some money, and we all have to learn as a unit. Like, no, money equal bad, and Christmas is heart and hugs and bad talent shows. So if you're thinking about money this Christmas season, that just means you don't like Christmas. Sorry. That's yeah. what Hallmark teaches us. And that's funny that they do movies like that where it's the moral of the story is money bad, uh, taking a small town, gentrifying it, I guess that's the term I'm going to use right here, but bringing it into the, the future, giving it a makeover, whatever statement is you want to go ahead and use, is bad. And yet, oftentimes the company that's making these movies is trying to go ahead and make a buck off of whatever it is that they're putting out. So it's 
I don't know. It's interesting to go ahead and think about the fact that they're being they're ignoring the irony that's going on here. Yeah. Well, they're not ignoring it. They're just expecting you to ignore it. They know mm, what they're doing. Fair. These movies are cold, cynical. So I, I think we talked about this uh, offline at some point, but it really depends on if you look at these movies as art or just product. I think there's very little to argue that these are really anybody's artistic vision. These, they're, The rate that they're cranked out at, these are these are product. They're just meant to sell. And the fact that they make a product that's about how it's bad to make money or how making money is contrary to the Christmas spirit, it's just in line with what capitalists do, right? This is money-making 101. Oh, people are sappy around this time. What if we packed a movie full of sappy bullshit, and then we told them this is really good and you'll like it, and then they'll watch it and they'll be like, oh, it's true. And never think about the fact that they are paying... uh, I don't know, this is 2013, so streaming wasn't quite as big yet. So you were paying the premium rate on your cable channel to get the Hallmark channel in the first place. So I'm pretty sure it's not in most basic packages. And then you were also making sure to either DVR this or to watch it live. And yeah, it's just one of those things where it's ironic, but it's also like, like I said, they don't want, they don't ignore the irony. They don't care. What they want is for us to ignore the irony. That's the important part. But yeah, I would say that there's just very little in this movie that, like, you can make an ironic movie about capitalism, even being a capitalist system. Like, you can make a poignant anti-capitalist movie, I'm sure. It's just, this not it, and this is not what they're trying to do. So, they're just... Yeah, that's a good point. They're pretty happy with making a quick buck off of somebody who has candy canes on the brain. You said candy canes, and all I can think about is the fact that we got our shits on the candy canes downstairs. <laughs> oh, candy cane brain coming 2025. <laughs> Ringo was a guy who liked candy canes. And then one day an elf showed up and was like, if you like candy canes so much, why don't you marry him? And then he had candy cane brain. Now he has to find out, is it worth being a peppermint boy his entire life? I'm sorry for making you watch 12 separate Christmas movies in, <laughs> in a row. If this is what's going to happen. Ringo apologizes for making somebody watch 12, <laughs> but he has to learn at the end the real apology is the one he owes to himself. <laughs> I, I will never apologize to myself. That'll I never happen. never apologize to me. <laughs> exactly, Tux. Exactly. I think he's getting hyped up at me. <laughs> he's like, no, you apologize. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I wouldn't suggest that people go ahead and watch this, but I, like I said, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't mind it. It was fine for the time that I spent in it, considering in our past for Streaming Wasteland, we have watched some stuff that I wanted to gouge my fucking eyes out for watching. <laughs> this one, I just wanted Megan to stop fucking talking the way that she was. Yeah, stack, stack this up against our other Christmas movies. Where does it, where does it line up? Uh, shit, against the other Christmas movies. Uh, Castle for Christmas still st- definitely beats this one. Uh, is this, this better than California Christmas? Oh, this is not better. No, no. Okay, is this better than California Christmas too? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Little trouble, big. Yeah, <laughs> little no, trouble, big 100%. China. Don't note my sarcasm. <laughs> better than I believe in Santa. Yes, because the main character and I believe in Santa was like just bonkers. <laughs> Megan was bonkers too, but she was bonkers in like a more realistic way than nut job religious man. Sorry, yeah. nut job Christmas man. My bad, sorry. Yeah, well, you don't get it. It's about faith, duh. You don't yeah. get it. Faith and Santa. That's why I called him Christmas man instead of religious man. <laughs> I guess he's a Santa Farian. <laughs> I guess that's what you call him. If someone knocks on my door in a full Santa suit and says, 
have you heard of our religion? I'm slamming that door. <laughs> you know what? I'm listening for just a moment because I haven't had that happen. That would be a <laughs> new experience. I've had a lot of weird people knock on my door over the years. I've had a lot of weird people in my house, but I've never had a man knock on the door dressed as Santa and ask to speak to me about religion. So I'd give him a few minutes. I'd, I'd be like, all right, tell me more. And then when I look at his pamphlet, he's just like, oh, like the Church of Latter-day Saints or something. I'd be like, ah, never mind. You tricked me, Santa. Get out of here. <laughs> I used to see your commercials all the time to the point I thought I wanted to I thought I thought wanted to join the unit because I was like, holy shit, I'd be on TV. You know, but then I found out that, oh, no, that's just not how that shit works. Mm, fair. Yeah, for me, this is definitely better than I believe in Santa. Mondo let the door hit there. This is definitely better than I believe in Santa. This is definitely better than Home Sweet Home Alone. This is not as good as just like a Christmas movie, which is the same thing as this movie, but just better done. Uh, this is not as good as Candy Cane Lane. I think this is better than California Christmas 2. Uh, it's on par with a California Christmas in terms of like, you can't, I don't think you'd come away be like justifiably being angry at it. I don't think that you could be legitimately mad at this movie. You might be disappointed because you watched the whole thing. You might be disappointed because it didn't do anything special, but you're not going to be like furious or not like buddy games or I believe in Santa levels of just pure anger. It's just a bleh movie. And like I said, it's perfect background filler for <laughs> it's perfect background filler for a holiday party. So, you know, you'll, you're hearing this episode. It's not it'll be right before the holiday weekend. So if you're planning on having a party this weekend and you're looking for just some Christmas bullshit to put on the background, this is a totally fine choice. And Prime has a lot more. So you can put on a lot of Christmas bullshit. I'm I'm gonna cat no I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say instead of doing that why don't you put on our podcast for your audience to listen to? Don't even have to put it in here. Yeah, if you really need something visual, put it on, mute it, and then put our podcast on to continue playing over the movie. Or you could just put our podcast on your Spotify app on the TV, and then you can see our logo for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, there's that all. Actually, it's not our logo; it's the episode's logo. Or the movie poster. That's what I usually yeah. put up with all the episodes. So, yeah, you can look at whatever their two names are, like hugging and kissing throughout this entire thing. It's uh, let me refresh myself. Ah, yes, Alicia Witt and Donald Faison. I couldn't remember her name. I was like Alicia, Felicia. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it for us on Snow Globe Christmas. We've been streaming Wasteland. This has been Snow Globe Christmas. This has been oh, a filler movie that's filled our <laughs> lives with exactly as much styrofoam as we could fit into our bodies. We're slowly expanding, and one day we will just pop and be gone. Until then, you can find us on all of the usual social medias. You can find us anywhere podcasts are distributed. You should probably leave us a comment. That really actually helps our metrics and stuff. So uh, I'm talking to you, the 11 people who actually listen to us, some of whom know me and some of whom know Maringo. If you could just get in there and leave a comment, that helps a little bit. You don't have to say a lot. Let us know what your favorite Christmas movie is. Or just give us a thumbs down and a middle finger. I'm pretty okay with that, too. Every comment counts. And I'll just delete them later. You're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> That's it for us. Say goodbye, Ringo. Bye. Pan shot. Pan shot. Pan